2: Thank you always for joining, and thank you so much for telling your friends and family and coworkers about the show and the relevance of many of these shows for all of us. And so I just ask that you would continue to support the program, and I appreciate that you do. And I'm very excited about this guest that we're having today. His name is Peter Rosenberger, and he is a caregiver, and he talks about what caregivers actually are doing. And the book that he wrote is a minute for caregivers when every day feels like Monday. And it's really tough for those of us that don't do caregiving or don't have to do that yet to really understand the burden that these people are carrying. So thank you so much, Peter, for being on the show. What, what do you feel like you want to really focus on in this segment?
3: Well, you mentioned what Oliver North said um, in the last block, and yes. he published my book. Um, oh
2: my goodness! He, wow! He
3: asked if and he asked if he could write the forward to it and um what he told me on my when he came on my program, he said in the military on the battlefield, situational awareness is what keeps you alive. It's everything to a soldier to be aware of what's going on around you. He said when I became a caregiver, I did not have it
2: mm-hmm. until I
3: read this book. Wow, and that's why he wanted to publish it. And uh, and so what I've done is I've taken a lifetime of experience and aggregated it into a lifeline to my fellow caregivers to to be able to give them that situational awareness to see okay what's going on here, and I I, I put this in incredibly simple terms. It's almost embarrassingly simple. I tell people you can read this book in the bathroom. I know because that's why I wrote it. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. <laughs> um,
2: oh, you're but funny. I. I
3: <laughs> I know my people. I know my fellow caregivers, and we do not have time to wade through a textbook. I wanted to give them something they could open up to any page, pick a number out of the air, turn to that page, and you will find something in one minute. I promise you in one minute that's going to help you settle yourself down, give you a little bit more clarity of thought so that you can make the best healthy decisions for you and your loved one at that time. Um, you're not going to solve this. You didn't get here overnight. You're not going to get out of it overnight. Some things aren't going to be fixed. My wife's legs are gone. They're not coming back. Her body is broken. It's not going to change until God himself does this.
2: Right. But in the right.
3: meantime, I have a responsibility to care for her. And part of caring for her is to make sure she's well-fed, clothed, protected, warm, cared for, loved, Pointed to Christ, all of the above. Well, I can't do that if I am just falling apart. So what does that look like to walk this back and help me stay calm and healthy while taking care of someone who is not?
2: Right. And right.
3: I, I got to tell you, I am not one of those people who think that we just got to hold our breath and get through this and then we can be happy. I'm one of those people who say, you know what, I'm going to be joyful, I'm going to be calmer. I'm going to be healthier in the midst of this. We're going to spend Christmas in the hospital
2: yes, this year. Yes.
3: Not exactly your ideal thing. And I'm, getting, I'm getting a little too old to spend Christmas in the hospital. <laughs> but you know what? The room is decorated. I've got lights. I've got a little tree. I've got stockings on the wall. I brought a keyboard in there because I'm, I'm a pianist. And we're going to play some Christmas music. And you know what? We're going to make the best of this. We're going to, we're going to do okay. To realize this is not the end of the story and we're going to live life if I have to put my life on hold until Gracie feels better then my life will never happen right we're exactly. not we're not just trying to hang on to get through this or there as some caregivers mistakenly do well we're just gonna get through this and get mama onto Jesus and then we'll we'll go back and run our business or we'll, we'll work on ourselves
2: no well I think that's the I hardest think. thing for people is to recognize that there is no end to this and to, except for death. Well, there the, is no the end.
3: end is, the end is a cemetery. Now, the question right. is, who's going, to be, who's going to be in the grave?
2: Absolutely.
3: And so, the, do I want Gracie standing at my grave, or do I want me in her grave? And the, the, the answer, of course, is the latter. I don't yes. want her to live without me. I can't guarantee that. But I don't want to be standing at that grave with my fist clenched. Right. Do you know that you can't play a piano with clenched
2: fists? <laughs> That's exactly right.
3: And you can't push a wheelchair with clenched fists. That's right. And so how do we live more peacefully? Well, part of that is understanding the gospel. that that That's the whole point of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. And he comes to be with us because he knows that we can't go to him. He has to come to us.
2: And wow, well said. Once
3: we, once we understand that he's not abandoned us through this, but he's invited us to trust him. Now, you go back and look all the way to Genesis 15. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Well, what does that mean? That means before Abraham did any signs of the covenant, like circumcision, or before he took Isaac up to uh, to potentially offer him as a sacrifice, before he did anything like that, he took God at His word. He believed God, not believed in God. He believed God. He took Him at His word. So I ask myself, and I ask you, and I ask your listeners, do you believe God? And if so, what are the implications of that? When God says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not grow weary. Do we believe that? And if so, what are the implications? So when I look at Gracie laying in that hospital bed and I've looked at her and I said, I believe this. I don't know when this will happen, but I take him at his word that this will happen. And when Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do we believe him? Well, I do. And so I'm going to Christ because I am weary and I am heavy laden and I am starting to understand what rest looks like, not sleep, rest.
2: That's very and well And I said. say this
3: to my fellow caregivers. This, do you believe him or not? And if you do, how would you know and how would anyone else know?
2: Right. Well, it, it, turns, it helps you to have also another way to be a gospel-centered person that we are showing other people that this is, this is God's way and we are following his way and we are believing in him and depending on him because he wants us to and he needs us to.
3: Martin Luther wrote it beautifully when he said, let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also. The body they may kill. God's truth abides still. When, when we understand that into our core, into our DNA, and realize that this is not the end of the story this is not the end of the that's story right. that's that he, right that he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it to the day of Christ Jesus do we believe that or not
2: well and I think that's the one of the most important things is that we have to recognize We may think we're believing, but are we actually believing? And so I think in this next segment, I would like to talk with you about, I'm sure you're familiar with the grief and loss process, right? And yeah. and does and how you integrate that into your life, probably on an ongoing basis, is what I'm thinking is probably happening. And so, listeners, thank you for for hanging in there because this is really quite an amazing story, and this is quite an amazing concept. And so, the book is a minute for caregivers, and, at, and it has become a go-to for Colonel Ar, uh, Colonel North because his wife Betsy was diagnosed with a debilitating disorder. And so he knows in this book how well to say what happens with caregivers and how to stay on top of you, your faith, your health, and and what you are needing as well. And so make sure that you continue to listen as we have some really amazing things that he has learned throughout this and how to do what he is saying. And again, the book is A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Monday. And so when we talk about the grief and loss process, it helps us to understand weariness, anger, sadness, frustration, even feeling bad about ourselves. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in this next segment as we talk with Peter Rosenberger about caregivers and how we manage if we're a caregiver. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. If you've just tuned in, we have a very special, very special friend and author. His name is Peter Rosenberger, and he has written a book that is called When Every Day Feels Like Monday. It's The Minute for Caregivers, and A Minute for Caregivers is really talking about what people go through if they are caregivers, and they are really the unsung heroes so often. So, Peter, thank you for joining us today. Tell us more about this book.
3: Well, I wrote this book in the hospital. Uh, At the end of the uh, ward where my wife is, or the the neuro floor here at the University of Colorado Medical Center. There's a little break room. And when she was in the hospital last year in uh, 2022 for 10 weeks, I would go down there at at this little table and I wrote this book. And the doctors and so forth would come down and talk to me and give me reports. They knew that was my office down there. <laughs> <in. laughs> so, um, I've, I've spent a lot of time around hospitals, but I also know I also know my fellow caregivers. Yes. And again, like I said in the last block, they're not going to want to read a long textbook of a bunch of advice. I don't give advice. I'm, I can't tell you how to take care of your loved one anymore. You tell me how to take care of mine. What I can tell you are bedrock principles that I've learned through this process. Well, and, and it's those that, that, that
2: care- it's you needing to be healthy, and you. That's one of the, I think the most important things for you as caregivers, is is what you're saying in your book is how to stay with this and be healthy at the same time.
3: Calming our hearts down and getting clarity of thought, uh, understanding what's happening to us. One of the things that every caregiver deals with, for example, is what I call the fog of caregivers, fog of caregivers, F O G, fear, obligation, and guilt. That's every good. one of us get and what happens when you get into a fog right well you have to slow down if you don't you're going to end up in a, in a ditch or in a tree somewhere and if it's at night you don't turn on your high beams because it's going to glare back at you so guess what happens when you're in the fog of caregivers you slow down and you don't try to look too far ahead so the caregivers say what are we going to do you know we, we live out in the wreckage of our future we has not happened yet right. we're not there yet so we're going to go slow we're going to go at the pace that we have the light to see. And what does Scripture say about that? Well, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It doesn't say it's a searchlight, it's a lamp. <laughs> and all we're going to get is one step at a time sometimes. That's right. And people don't want to live that way, and yet that's exactly how Scripture directs us to live, with the light that we have. And that is all we can do. And so we're going to live there in that place, one step at a time, and trust that in that valley of the shadow of death, and it can be a very long valley that he's not going to leave us. That's right. That he's not going to abandon us. He has it, he has it, and he
2: won't. Well, and it's similar. It's, it always reminds me when I think about the fact of how much Jesus accomplished and all he did was walk. That's all he had. And he walked so well. And that was. And I think if we can recognize that sometimes we need to slow down as well and not future forecasting into the future as to what we're trying to make happen, I think we are healthier in that way we got to
3: say it in Montana. I live in Montana now. Mm-hmm. That's why we're out here at the University of Colorado. Originally, Gracie and I lived in Nashville for many, many, many years. Oh, I hear
2: the ex- accent. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, i got a southern
3: accent, and I and they tell me I start talking like Bill Clinton after a while. <laughs> but it's um, we live in Montana because of the humidity, the dry air, uh, the, the lower humidity is easier on her arthritis. And mm-hmm. We've been going out there since the 80s, and her family has a place out there, and it's a beautiful place. We live 10 miles from a paved road. And one of the things that we say in Montana is that you drive at the speed you're comfortable slamming in the ditch at.
2: (laughs) That's hilarious.
3: We get a lot of snow in Montana where we live. We live up in the Rockies. And you can go fast, but you're going to end up in a ditch. So if you're going to end up in a ditch, and you know you will, you might want to slow down. And that's what it is for caregivers. Let's slow down.
2: Right. So we have about two minutes before we have to take a break. Why don't you tell the caregivers that are out there how they can get your book?
3: You go to wherever books are sold. Any place books are sold, they can get it. If they don't have it, they can get it, but it's available wherever books are sold. Uh, Certainly on Amazon, Fidelis Publishing, you can go to my website, hopeforthecaregiver.com.
2: Say that one more time.
3: Uh, Hopeforthecaregiver.com. Hopeforthecaregiver.com and the book is available in audible i, I read i just released the, the audible version of it last month and i've read the whole book and um it's available in, in kindle whatever you can get you want and it's hardback and it's uh it's a great gift yes to, give to folks that that uh, uh give it give one to your pastor
2: cause oh, pastors good are idea un-
3: inundated with this yes they don't know how to speak i have been the recipient of good pastoral care and i've been the recipient of bad pastoral care So I wanted to give pastors a resource on what to do with this, how to deal with all these people who are dealing with this so they'll speak the language. And so if you know a counselor, give it to a counselor. Caregivers need people that can speak to them and know their hearts. This, This book is written in Fluent Caregiver.
2: Oh, I love that. I love that. So again, this is a minute for caregivers when every day feels like Monday. And what it does is gives you a glimpse into the everyday lives of many of America's people that are actually caregivers without pay. And they're the unsung heroes, are caring for those loved ones suffering. And so I want you to make sure that you really look into this book, and I'm sure you have people in your life that would really benefit from it. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about what Peter Rosenberger has said. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. So I just really appreciate how often you listen to the show and that you tell your friends and family about the show. And there's so many great guests that God has been so kind to bring me. And the one that came today, which I'm so happy about, is Peter Rosenberger. And his book is A Minute for Caregivers, When Every Day Feels Like Monday. And this is um, November is the National Family Caregivers Month. Sixty-five million caregivers are at risk of paralyzing holiday stress, emotional exhaustion, and divorce. And so retired Army le- Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, among the vulnerable calling caregiver the most challenging physical, mental, and emotional experience of the 80 years, loved this book and was helped by the book that, that, that Peter Rosenberger has written. So I want you to listen to some of the things that he has gone through, as well as the things that he can give us, those little things that help us to deal with caregiving, people that we love. So, Peter, thank you so much. Welcome back to the show, and I'd love to hear more about what, you're th- what you have learned over the years about this.
3: You bet and I thank you, Cynthia, for just drawing attention. You're giving a lot of time to this issue and I appreciate it. I like the long form of the conversation <laughs> about this because it's a very complex it is challenging set of circumstances. Uh I was sitting at the piano one time at church and I I've, I've been playing the piano for since I was five and I majored in music and, and piano was my instrument. Gracie is a, a no kidding singer. I mean she is wow. the real deal. And don't take my word for it. Googler, or go out to our website and listen to some of the stuff she's done. She is really that good. And I've played for Gracie since, and we've played on a lot of big stages. We've done a lot of things over the years, even though she kept going back and forth into surgery. And sometimes she would do it with a, she, she did a whole concert one time with an IV in her. Oh my goodness. And um, uh, she's tougher than a Waffle House steak. <laughs> and, and I, but I was playing at church. The, the pastor asked me to play as people were coming into church. Uh, because it was a little bit loud and, and people were boisterous, and he wanted me to play to help quiet it down and bring a more reverent atmosphere Now this was the church where the shooting was in Nashville at Covenant Presbyterian oh, wow. Where Gracie and I went there for many years. Our son was buried there um, and so I go in this beautiful sanctuary I'm up there playing, and i'm not Gracie's not singing
2: mm.
3: now i've I've accompanied Gracie since college right. and you know on 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 a, countless stages. So I'm always hearing her voice in my head. And I, I do, in Nashville, we call it playing the changes. I'm playing around her, uh, just chords, and I listen to her, and I'm just playing mm. around it. I'm, I'm an improv kind of player. That's the way I play. So I'm up there playing these great chords, and I realized I wasn't playing the melodies. Mm. And here I am in front of hundreds of people. And I'm playing beautiful chords, but nobody knew what I was was playing because I wasn't playing the melody. And I realized I was hearing Gracie's voice sing the melody in my head, Uh, and I was playing around it. Wow. And I had to, in front of hundreds of people, that was the longest 10 minutes of my (laughs) professional career, I had to learn how to play the melody of simple hymns that I've known for a lifetime, but I got so so used to somebody else singing the melody. And I realized at that point how many caregivers have lost our melody. That we is don't know so how to remarkable. Play in our own voice.
2: I love that.
3: And that's one of the things that I want to drive home with this book. It's important for caregivers to learn to speak in first person singular. So when I ask any caregiver that calls into my show, I always ask them, "How are you feeling?" And if they start rattling off, "Well, she had a bad day," or "Our situation is this," or mm-hmm. "He's not doing too well," or "We did," I'll stop them and say, "No, no, no." I ask how you are feeling
2: yeah, and that's
3: when the tears come and that's yes. when the stammering comes because they're not used to speaking in their own voice and one of the things that i want to do with my fellow caregivers is let them know how important it is to speak in your own voice look at wow. what the hymn says jesus loves me yes. yes i know for the bible tells me so
2: oh okay? that's great i know yes. god
3: loves gracie but do i know he loves peter yes and it's, that's the level of intimacy and personalization that I want to do with myself and my fellow caregivers to let them know how important their voice is. If you
2: haven't watched
3: it, if you want to see a great movie that describes this, and they get a little bit of language at one point, point, I apologize for that, but it's one of the
2: <laughs> it's best human. movies ever made
3: <laughs> for this type of thing, The King's Speech.
2: Hmm.
3: You ever seen this no, movie? No, I haven't. Colin Firth plays Queen Elizabeth's father,
2: okay. Albert, wow. who
3: ascended to the throne when his brother advocated to marry Wallace Simpson. And he had a terrible stammering problem. And a speech therapist helped him with this. And they took a little bit of dramatic license. Right. But if, if you want to see how important it is to speak from your own voice, with your voice, and how important it is to have that voice, I would recommend this movie. You will not be disappointed. And you'll probably start crying it because you'll see yourself in it and realize how important it is to speak from your own heart.
2: That's right. That's right. And, And I think that that's one of the hardest things for people to do. That's a lot of what I do in the work in my office as a therapist is really help people to know who they really are first and foremost and are they going to stand up for themselves? Are they going to be their own best version of themselves? Are they going to be willing to continue loving themselves, even if they make mistakes? And it's really important for us to make that, that connection with ourself. Because if we're not connected with ourself and learning how to love ourself and understand ourselves and forgive ourselves, we're not going to be able to do God's work.
3: Well, our God is a very personal God. Yes, indeed. And he knows us personally intimately. And one of my favorite passages of scriptures when Jesus told Mary to go tell my disciples and then he said and then tell Peter. That's my <laughs> yes. favorite, that's one of my favorite yes. things because I, I he knew that Peter was so demoralized after his failure. Yes. And yet the compassion of our savior to call him out by name. Yes. And I and I I get that. And I have been in that place in my life where I've been so demoralized and so cast down and yet my savior knows my name my name not just gracie's name he knows my name and how important is that to us as a caregiver and so i say to each of my fellow caregivers listening today that you have a savior who knows your name scripture says it's engraved on the palm of his hand he knows your hairs he knows everything about you and he knows those late night conversations you have with a ceiling fan when you're wondering what's going to happen he knows, and he keeps all of that in in, he said, in. in Revelation says he he collects our tears. Exactly. And so, if you have a Savior that knows you that well, it, I want to I want to encourage you to trust Him with this pain and to realize you can trust Him with your loved one, even if it's bleak, even if it's not going to have the happy ending you want it to have. Gracie and I know what's. You know, there's only a finite set of possibilities in this thing.
2: Right, right.
3: And we know that she's got a very tough life ahead of her. But here we are. Right. And what are we going to do? Are we going to be miserable?
2: But well, and I think that's what's hard for caregivers is sometimes they think they're supposed to be Pollyanna and not have those feelings.
3: No, I, I listen. They're t- I we've cried buckets of tears.
2: Yes, peace. yes. And, and,
3: and we do that, and we know we we see it. And and you you, you talk about grief. You talked about earlier in the earlier block, and one of the things I want to also encourage my fellow caregivers is, go back to what Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Well, you're not mourning if you're raging or despairing. Mourning is accepting it for what it is and grieving over it.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And the comfort will not come until you accept it is what it is.
2: That's right. I and think that's not the here hardest to,
3: part to rage against it and, and despair and to to just flail around. We're here to look at it at the brokenness for what it is and trust God in it.
2: That's right. Oh, that's so well is, said.
3: If He is Lord at all, then He is Lord of all, including eighty-six operations, multiple amputations, chronic pain, all of the above, seizures, autism. If you have a loved one who is an addict or an alcoholic, guess what? God is still suffering. He has not somehow been caught by surprise by this. That's right. doesn't mean it's going to have the ending that you want it to have.
2: But it can be better than what you thought it was ever going to be.
3: But you can be calmer. You can be better.
2: That's right. In it,
3: We're not going to feel better about these things, but that's not the goal. The goal is to be better.
2: Well, this, is one, this has been wonderful. Can you tell the listeners where they can get your book and tell them a little bit about that and how to do that?
3: Well, you can go out to hopeforthecaregiver.com, hopeforthecaregiver.com. And that is the name of my broadcast and one of the uh, my flagship book that I wrote uh, some years ago, Hope for the Um uh, and then you can get the book wherever books are sold. My podcast is Hope for the Caregiver. It's a free podcast. There's like eight hundred episodes out there,
2: <laughs> and um, wow. it,
3: it really it's a it's a big podcast. It's a, they say it's the largest podcast for caregivers in the world. Uh, I don't know, wow. but uh, that's that's like saying you're the number one uh, jumper of bulldozers off of a curb. I mean, how many <laughs> of us are there? You know, I don't know. But it, you but are it, funny.
2: You are funny. Well, <laughs> I
3: did a I did a whole bit with Jeff Foxworthy some years ago, oh, and you might love be it. a caregiver if
2: and uh,
3: you know we because I want caregivers to learn to laugh. You know,
2: absolutely. If you, if you've
3: got a per- well, if you've got a professional carpet cleaner on retainer, you're probably a caregiver. If, <laughs> while you're at the grocery store, you're the one asking for a price check on suppositories. <laughs> you're probably a caregiver. If a hospital bed has never hampered your love life, you're probably a caregiver. So you know, Oh,
2: you are you, cracking me up.
3: <laughs> we, we do not it. need to sit there and just, uh, oh, woe is me. Right, yes, this right. is hard. Gracie and I understand tough. We understand hard. We understand it. We're having Christmas this year again in a hospital. We get it. Right, right. But we do not have to be miserable.
2: That's right. That's right. Well, this has been amazing, and I'm so glad that you were on the show today and that we got to talk more. And I'm hoping to have you in the future again because this is so helpful for so many people. And so many of us can get so beaten down. And the enemy of our soul can tell us all kinds of terrible things that, that we start to actually believe. And so this has been very helpful for so many people I know that that really need to know that life still goes on and we still can love deeply and love rightly and still have time with the people that we are caring for and that we can know that we are doing our side of the street right by them and for them. And so I think that's so important. And and I want to tell you listeners again, this is called A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Monday. And what it does is it provides a glimpse into the everyday lives of America's caregivers. They really are the unsung heroes, and they really care for the loved one's suffering with an array of illnesses, disabilities, and health problems. And they also do it when maybe they are down, when they don't feel well, when they're feeling like they just want to check out. And so I want to make sure that that you really look at this book and that, that you're really going to be considering the fact that this has a lot of impetus to help those that are in your life as well that might have been going through this. So tell us one more time how they can get the book, and, and I Where, appreciate wherever it. Wherever
3: books are sold, and, and certainly go to hopeforthecaregiver.com. There's also music there that you can get, CDs, uh, download CDs, download music. There's multiple books. There's Gracie's book. There's all kinds of things oh, The podcast. Wow. But Cynthia, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you taking this long form to have this conversation. You can't do this in a three-minute conversation right. very easily. There's so much to it. And I'm, I would love to come back at any time because I think this is an issue that is just going to beat on so many people. Yes. And thank you for the privilege and let me talk to them.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you for being on the show. And also just for the perspective that you've given so many people today. And we will certainly have you back on the show. I love this because me, I love to laugh. That is my most favorite thing to do. (laughs) So (laughs) I will love having you back where I can laugh even more. So thank you, and God bless you so.
3: You're quite welcome. Thank you.
2: Well, thank you so much for listening today, and I want to make sure that you are able to hear this um, podcast in its its entirety. So you can go to CynthiaHyatt.com. You also can, my email is cynthiahyde@gmail.com. Cynthia at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your day.
1: The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events.